people, people are going through a lot, you know, just checking up on people, especially, you know, the pandemic. The pandemic made a lot of other people be aware of what so many other people were already experiencing before the pandemic. So the pandemic brought people home, they stayed indoors and stayed in their houses and saw how lonely it could get. When people were actually already living this life mm. before the pandemic even came. You know, I remember someone sent this song to me, another song also. This is, uh, how are you doing, my friend? So this is a Nigerian song. I know sometimes it'd be like, say, nobody sent you, but you know, something, you know, sometimes it actually feels like there's no one out there. But people actually honestly do care. If people sincerely care and you know if we it says sometimes sometimes all you have to do you want to do is scream welcome to the happy african marriage podcast a show where we empower equip and encourage you to build a stronger marriage in this modern times even if you're raising a family we are dr eben and david a christian couple happily married life partners parents of three and marriage partnership coaches. If you're ready to build an enriching marriage partnership for a peaceful, thriving, and unified home, and a lasting legacy of impact for future generations, this podcast was made for you. So, stay tuned. Be prepared to be empowered and inspired to build the happy African marriage you truly desire. Amen. Make we talk the matter. Welcome to the concluding part of this two-part interview. Stay tuned and get ready to learn more as our special guest, Dr. Brian Badger, continues to enlighten us as we dig further into this topic. Let's join in. I don't know if you want to talk more on that, why men generally are kind of resisting to, to open up their hearts to beat even to other men or even to their wives. I, I remember the first day I cried before my wife. You know, at, at times men feel that crying before a lady is weak. But I noticed that she respected me even more for doing, for doing that, for just being vulnerable before, before her. <laughs> and like you said, Nigerian men don't cry. <laughs> We, we have to hold it in. So, so, so do you mind just maybe from your experience why you think men don't want to be vulnerable? Yeah, so um, I think it's a whole macho thing, you know, just every, every man feels like he needs to be macho and once you cry, um, it takes away the whole uh, macho thing, you know, away from you. And, you know, the whole crying in front of your wife you know that's a, that's a big deal, and you know that's very powerful. And um, you know I like that um, you you see it differently from how a lot of other men do. But at the same time, you have to have a supportive wife to be able to cry in front of them. You know because mm-hmm. I um, it's just sad to say, but I've seen you know other women who have you know the same kind of um, um, thinking, like some of these men that we're talking of that believe that their husband you know is match when you're not supposed to be crying so when they see you cry uh in majority of the cases you know the women probably will respect you like you like yours did but other women who might actually you know see you differently like oh you're crying and i know even respect that emotion that is coming out of you it, it is it is a very very powerful emotion you know when 
when you're able to cry and be that vulnerable and be that open presence of, you know, out and you know, someone you love and all of that. But sometimes it's not just the crying part. It's just um, you just don't want to just want to go out, you know, crying in the presence of everybody. You know, how does that how you know it's, how does the crying actually really help you? You know, I know, and you know, see, we don't take therapy because we actually feel we don't have a problem that that someone can help us with. I remember when I first got into the profession, I, uh, you know, my one of my professors mentioned that. If uh, we're going to be seeing people, then we need to seek therapy also. You just understand how the process work, works. I, my, my first therapeutic session, I went in there and I told our therapist that, hey, uh, when she was like, so, you know, what's going on with you? I'm like, nothing. Like, I'm good, I'm healthy. I'm living a very good life. I am just here because my professor feels um, I need to come to therapy. Now, as the sessions kept going, I found out that there was just so much that I needed to unload. You know, no, I know I going there, I, Cry when I need to cry, you know, talk about stuff. And it, just, it was so relieving crying, you know, um, um, I'm crying. And and for me, I don't know where that even came from. I remember when I lost my mom, I was at a funeral and everyone was crying and I wasn't crying. My dad walked up to me and tapped me and asked me, what, asked me, what am I doing? Like, Brian, what are you doing? I'm like, what? I said, why are you not crying? I said, I don't feel like crying. You know, he said, stop what you're doing. And then he walked away. I got home, I got home and then I cried and cried. I was very close to my mom. So I don't know what I thought I was doing at the time, but now that I think about it, it's like really, really stupid. You know, so men just feel they have to be much they feel. Um, men just need to realize that it's actually okay to cry. There's nothing wrong, you know, breaking down, nothing wrong being being vulnerable, being um, um needing support from someone, needing, you know, someone to help you out. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's just not Nigerians. It's in you know other cultures also. You know, but I've interacted with a lot of Nigerians that I know that they feel it takes away the whole macho thing away from them that it's hard for them to open up and cry. Thanks so so much. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. You know, when we feel we're whole until when somebody really talks to us and asks us some of those deep questions, then we realize yeah. that man. I am really broken and I, yeah. I, need, I need to be fixed. Yeah. I'm hoping that as many that are listening, especially the men and also women will kind of, will do what they can to just support each other in their mental health. Yeah. So could, could you please share some practical tips on what our listeners can do to take care of their mental health while living in the diaspora? One, we need to um, open up some more. We need to be able to open up, talk to people, uh, accepting feedback and, um, you know, just the idea of having like a group of, you know, support system, you know, and being willing to go to therapy when we need to. I mean, not when we need to. I think everybody should should be in therapy at some point or the other. And the good thing about, um, you know, therapy out here, and not just therapy, I'm just... Um, health is you have insurance. You know, your insurance actually pays for a significant amount of your sessions. So you're having to go see a professional and you're paying just maybe $10. Your insurance is paying the rest of it. Your session is $200. $190 is being taken care of by insurance. You know, sometimes maybe less, 
But if you meet your copay for the year, then sometimes you even have to go for sessions for free. You know, so you can take advantage of this. It's like you're paying someone to listen to you. It's like your job is to listen to me. If our session is one hour, then I'm paying you. All you have to do is sit there and listen to me and vent. That is, that is, that is, that's, I mean, the big deal. You can talk about all you want to talk about. We only guide people. We only guide people to see things that you ordinarily wouldn't see. You know, we help you see things. Therapists, psychologists are not magicians, you know, don't read minds like I used to think, you know, but all of this, you, you your eyes have been opened to so much that you can achieve that you are unable to see on your own. And so I just think everybody should be open to, um, you know, just accepting that they at some point need help or need, you know, that social um, interaction or support or being or welcoming, you know, feedback from whoever it is. Yeah, support is, is really needed. I, I think for me, moving down here, I, by God's grace, I, I moved with my siblings. So we, we kind of had each other. And then we mm. had somebody else in our building too, who was like an uncle to us, who kind of gave us some guidance and all that. There was also the church um, mm -hmm. family too, which, you know, oh, what do you need? Or oh, do you need tickets for bus? Or oh, this is how you navigate mm. this. This is how you navigate that. And, and it made life a bit easier. Um, I remember we were to land in um, Windsor and we didn't really know anybody in Windsor. Uh, and so this uncle of ours was like, why are you going to Windsor where there are, where the social supports you, you will have there? Why don't you come to Toronto where there are a lot of you know, Nigerians, Africans, it's a melting pot of cultures. And I am there, you know, um, you know, there to support and, and all that. And, and I think people tend to lack, to lack that, you know, when they move into a community, all they just want to do is let's land when we reach there, when we reach there. And when they just land, they realize that it's, it's really very, very, very difficult, especially mm. without that. Um, social support. Yeah, support. yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a big deal, and uh, you know, like you're mentioning, you know, I just realized. Uh, I mean, I just remembered, you know, my own experience, and you know, everybody's experience is, is different. You know, some people, you know, just come out here by themselves. I I came out here when my uh, my brother was already out here and established. Mm. You know, I came I came to um to a house where um, I was staying with my brother. I had my own room. I actually, there was a he had an extra car that he wasn't driving at the time. Um, and I was using the car when I got licensed. As a matter of fact, I started using it before I got licensed. You know, but I wasn't paying rent. You know, everything was, you know, being taken care of. You know, so I eased my way into the system. So I had a smoother ride than a lot of people would. So my experience, you know, as far as that is concerned, would be different, you know, I know. But in all of this, you know, just having someone not having people to talk to or be willing to open up and you know um it, it's actually a big deal yeah just a, a few more questions and and we will be um done so how can we be more proactive in our approach in our fight for promoting 
mental health and wellness in the African diaspora community? Well, um, talking about it, you know, a lot more like you are doing, you, you just need to create awareness and, you know, like we spoke about groups, just finding um, finding groups to you know, have people belong to, have people share their experience, you know, reaching out to people, see, you know, the WhatsApp group um, that we uh, mentioned earlier, but there was a mental conversation, you know, that was, that was something great. And there's, there's a lot of awareness now, but I think we need more awareness because you know, people are going through a lot and they don't have anyone to share or to tell uh, about this. There's this um, song that came out, uh, it was a Nigerian song by, uh, I can't even remember, but something about, um, you know, just checking up on people, especially, you know, the pandemic. The pandemic made a lot of other people be aware of what so many other people were already experiencing before the pandemic. So the pandemic brought people home, they stayed indoors and stayed in their houses and saw how lonely it could get. When people were actually already living this life mm. before the pandemic even came. You know, I remember someone sent this song to me, another song also, this is, uh, 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 I forgot it, how are you doing my friend? So this is a Nigerian song. I know sometimes it'd be like, say, nobody sent you, but you know, something, you know, sometimes it actually feels like there's no one out there. But people actually honestly do care. I mean, people sincerely care. And, you know, if we say sometimes, sometimes all you have to do, you want to do is scream. In Nigeria, where I remember growing out there, it was always loud and with friends and when we're talking, we are loud, we're making noise, and that felt different when I moved to an environment where I know that, it, it, that you, you can't just go around shouting, look like you're crazy and stuff. And so people just want to be able to, to grab a grab, you know, something, maybe a pillow or something, and yell or just shout, you know, just let it out, you know. But in all of this, uh, it's just Awareness, more awareness, you're doing a very good job and thank you for what you're doing. Um, I think, um, you know, if there's more people that will be able to do what you're doing, you know, just just create that awareness, let people know that, that there's, there's always support, you know, out there. Talking of, of um, support now, so what kind of support can, can you give some practical ways in which we can support our community? Well, um, even churches. So you can actually find, you know, a church around you and belong to a group in church. And the reason why I'm saying that is, is because you find people of like minds that you go and interact with, you know, leaving the house and going out to have some, uh, have fun, you know, a little more. And, you know, sometimes, you know, especially when I'm talking to, you know, Nigerians that are so much into their community, community. Yeah, I like them to go out and interact with people from different cultures, different races, and just see how others think and how, you know, you know, if, if you're not comfortable being friends with someone else, it's okay. But it's, it's also okay going to the basketball court, play basketball with other people and have, you know, just random conversations about what they eat for dinner or how they are living their lives and, you know, just go out to some random, you know, restaurants and, you know, even if it means stepping out of your comfort zone, go, being intentional about going out for dates with your wife, or just do something outside of just staying indoors and 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 in, most importantly, seek therapy. 
you know, go to a therapy, talk to someone and talk about whatever it is you're going through. Reach out to people and be open to uh, God because you call someone, hey, you want to hang out? What are you doing? And everybody's like, no, I'm staying indoors today. Enough of the staying indoors. Just go out and, you know, see what others are doing. Make some 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 Korean friends, make some Indian friends, make some, some Chinese friends, you know, just find out what others are doing and, you know, have fun. Life is very, 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 very short. Mm. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks for, for that. You know, my, my wife is a, she's a very adventurous person and she's the one who would want to taste this one and try this one and try that. Um, kind of, you know, I'm kind of set in my own. If I go to a restaurant, if I've eaten there before, it's probably the same meal I'm still going to eat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a challenge usually trying something else, but I'll, I'll, I'll take your advice as my yes, um, please do, please do. Clinical yeah. psychologist today, I will, I will try something. <laughs> yeah, try, some, try something you try. I've uh, I, I can't remember just every single country. Sometimes I just think of any country and I search, um, Ethiopian food around me, um, um, Vietnamese food around me, just go there, try. Just try something random. And whoever I see from another country, hey, what's your favorite dish from your place? And just go there, eat your food, just have fun, just go. And then we also have uh, some apps. Um, it's like, there's like Eventbrite and other apps where you can also find activities around you. Just go, you know, have fun, you know, without just staying indoors all days. And yeah. yeah. Thanks. Um, Thanks for that advice. I, I, I trust. Um, Many of our listeners will will appreciate will appreciate that. Mm. So, so, I think this is my last um, question for you. So, what will what is one last thing you would like to say to our audience or anyone listening? You know, to this um, interview. You know, maybe somebody struggling right now with their mental health. Maybe they are feeling ashamed, feeling like a weak person feeling that, you know what, nobody just understands me. Um, what would you like to say to that person? Therapy. Go to therapy, you know, um, you know, just search for um, a local therapist, you know, near you and um, reach out to them, find out if, uh, you know, they take your insurance and, you know, meet up with them. Um, and if you're not comfortable going in person, you know, ask for, you know, um, um, a Zoom session or something, meet with them, you know, virtually and, you know, you talk to someone about it. Now, the thing, what we what most of us feel to understand is, you know, we are, and like I said at the beginning of, um, you know, this um, interview is, uh, it's not just Nigerians, it's it's almost every other out there. Um, even some, some Americans too. We, we, we grew up in an environment um, we have the, the, the orientation that we are not supposed to talk so much about what's going through, what we are going through in our lives. It's hard to have a Nigerian talk about what the father did to them or the family. Or, you know, it's like family secrets and you know, some of all of those idols up because, and then there's repression, you repress, you repress some of these things so much such that you, know, you, you, you need to find an outlet you know, to let it out. Because everything that you have inside of you will come out at some point. So it's better to come out in the four walls of a therapeutic session or there's an outbox somewhere on the street or 
or, or you, 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 it comes out in a different form that will lead you to go into jail or will make you have a breakdown. It, it's going to come out in one way or the other. You know, so having to not to having to deal with you know those feelings, and sometimes we don't know that we actually have PTSD because of experiences that we had had in the past. You know, and then sometimes we're having these it's flashbacks, or you know, we're having it feels like we are relieving whatever it is that happened. To us. Like we are unable to place our fingers on it, or we are suppressing this consciously or unconsciously, and we are unable to accept this. Now, psychologists are actually licensed to listen to you. And I don't think any one of us is so important that a psychologist will be willing to lose their license because I want to go talk about Brian. You know, you, there's a confidentiality piece. There is only so much that we can actually report as mandated reporters. We are not going, you are talking about yourself, you are talking about your life. And you know, at the beginning of every session, you are being told, you know, that as long as it doesn't have to do with child abuse, as long as it doesn't have to do with adult abuse, as long as it doesn't have to do with someone who is handicapped, we are not talking about suicide. That's a well-thought-out plan to go commit suicide, or well-thought-out plan to go commit homicide. You know, if this, then every single thing is confidential. So why won't you go have someone just listen to you? In Nigeria, if it's an uncle, you want to go talk to Uncle Joseph, you know, Uncle Joseph is going to go tell the neighbors that, oh, this is what Brian did. You know, so I understand why you are not willing to open so much about, you know, your own fantasies, sexual desires, or what's happening in your marriage because you don't want people to look at your wife or your husband this way. So that is understood in that context where everybody knows everybody. You are in America. You are seeking, and you can actually check. You can actually check all the way down to the kind of therapist you want. You want male or female and look at their profile. Oh, I want someone who is Chinese. Or I want someone who is from Kenya. So you are in America and you are looking for a therapist who is uh, from Germany. They have German orientation or origin. How are they going to know your family that lives all the way in Boko, in inner state? Or lives all the way in Ocean State? So this is a safe space for you to say every single thing that is on your mind. And they are paid to listen to you. So much such that when the therapist says something, I know this is what I want to talk about. This is what is bothering me right now. So to cut this short, just go to therapy. Even if you feel there's nothing wrong with you, have someone to sit there and listen to you vent. I mm. think it's, it's a good idea. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. You know, when you talked of, um, you know, somebody having PTSD, you know, what, you, what probably comes to people's minds are those who went to war. They are yeah. the only ones who have PTSD. Yeah. We, you know, uh, if we've not gone to war, no, there's no need for that. We can't be mm. diagnosed with, <laughs> with, with such. Yeah. And yeah, it's not, it's just post-traumatic stress. So it's, a traumatic event that happened in the past it's pretty much mm. okay so thank you so much for that your that your conclusion i i think it summarized our whole discussion and i i really do want to appreciate you for for taking our time to to meet with us and and talk to us about your findings and not just your findings um in in your study but also about our mental health 
Uh, and so I did say it was the last question, but there is another question kind of, which mm -hmm. is um, how can we find you? Can, you know, where can we find you? How can we reach you? So if, if someone is like, you know what, I love this guy and I, I think I'll, I'll love to use his services. He's Nigerian, he understands the culture, he knows what he's doing. Uh, because I've also heard in the past that somebody said, you know, when we go to whites, you know, let me use the politically correct language, we go to um, Caucasians or other cultures, they, they don't tend to have a good understanding of our, our background. And, and so at times it, it's, they can't really get through to, to us. So I'm throwing it out there. How can we get your, your services? Yeah, well, well I, I agree with you. Uh, I know, and even at my workplace, I've, I've had people um, come uh, call and request that they want, um, you know, uh, a black therapist or they want a therapist of uh, African, you know, descent, you know, and stuff. Mm. And I've had uh, someone really, really wanted to hire me, uh, steal me from my boss the other time just because I was Nigerian and he has a lot of Nigerian uh, clients now. Mm. And um, there's a, he said that uh, there's a lot of Nigerians, be good. Nigerians, you know, Nigerians in the diaspora, uh, some of them are kids of very rich people. You know, their parents are willing to pay cash for therapy. They're not paying, you know, insurance or anything. So what I mean to bring, you know, that, that, that client, uh, you know, help him with that, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, I agree with you. But uh, I can be reached on, you know, social media, um, so to speak. My full name is Brian Baja, B-R-I-A-N, uh, Baja, B-A-J-A-H. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I, uh, I kind of started a YouTube channel, you know, pretty much talking about mental health and endurance. It's not, um, I've made a couple of videos, I haven't posted them yet, but I think just serves as a motivation for me to actually start putting uh, videos out there on the channel. So um, in the next, uh, say, few weeks, I'll probably uh, update the channel and start putting videos out there. But uh, um, you can reach me on any of the social media platforms and um, I will um, take you through the right channel to um, to meet with me and all. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty busy right now and everybody's pretty booked. So, but um, I can always see how you know, I can meet people maybe on the weekends because my weekdays are, are pretty booked. I have people on the waiting list all the way to February of next year. And so, uh, but yeah, um, they can, you know, reach me through that or through your channel and then uh, and then you get me. Okay, that, yeah. that's, that's fine. That's fine. Mm. So we'll be adding the links to, in a way where you can access um, Dr. Brian Badger. So once again, I, I want to say thank you for doing this with us. And to our listeners, we want to say thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you. And we look forward to a, a world that has a reduction of mental health illnesses, yeah. wherein we can all support each other and ensure that we live a wholesome life. So yeah. thank you so much and God bless you and your see you next week. All right, thank you. Bye. Before you go, would you love to hang out with us in real time once a month, live? Would you love to hang out with a growing tribe of like-minded, courageous individuals who are intentional about building stronger marriages while raising a family, especially in the African diaspora? 
then you're welcome to join the Happy Married Family Tribe. The Happy Married Family Tribe is a supportive online community that provides a safe space for like-minded parents and intending parents to connect, collaborate, and encourage each other as they continue to grow in their marriages while navigating 21st century parenthood. To join our community, click on the WhatsApp link in the episode show notes to join the Happy Married Family Tribe. We're looking forward to having you in our growing tribe and connecting with you. God bless you and yours. Shalom. If you like that and mom show, please don't forget to leave them a review to, to spread the love. Hi friend. If this podcast has inspired you or you found value in today's episode, one of the best ways to thank us is to leave a written review in our Apple podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Also, please feel free to share this episode on your social media channels. And together, let's join the happy African marriage movement as we work together to break the cycle of managing or enduring marriages for our children and the next generations after them. Remember, the state of our marriages today can impact our future generations. Shalom.